Hello there, listener. Welcome to a three bean salad, the most horrifically hungover podcast in the northern hemisphere. Uh, oh god. This week we're talking about Mr. Bean's Holiday, a horrible, horrible movie made by a horrible, horrible man called Rowan Atkinson. That's our opinion. Don't sue. <laughs> Uh, you know, speaking of hangovers, Rowan Atkinson's like that one shit you do after a heavy night of drinking. Uh, <laughs> and that That's is our where, opinion. And that is where that analogy ends. Hi, Millie. Um, <laughs> guys, how did you find this terrible, terrible movie You this know week? full well how I found it, you fuck. Oh yeah, we watched it together. How did we? How did we find? How it? did we find it? You absolute cock! Oh, let's play a drinking game. You said. Oh, during the crash scene, let's not stop drinking until we get to the bottom of the bottle or the song ends. You said. Uh, yeah. No way. So, but Butch and I. Uh, I think the the original idea was let's just watch it a few drinks deep because neither of us have enjoyed the movie very much the last few weeks, and that turned into <laughs> let's play a drinking game while watching the movie this week, <laughs> and the rules were as follow: uh, you laugh, you drink. Uh, he says gracias, you drink. There's a <laughs> there's a beanism, you drink. There's a beanism, you drink. Uh, the crash, oh, the crash scene. You chug, you chug, and you chug, until <laughs> you chug until even the song ends, or your bottle does. More specifically, <laughs> you chug until he gets to the chicken room. <laughs> uh, boy, oh the boy, chicken room. Um, I, I, I don't know about you. Are but they the only? Are they the only rules? They were the only rules, and I thought they were fair enough rules. When like before we started watching, I was like, damn, it's like. That would be, like, a reasonable drinking game. That would be, like, a reasonable amount of booze. And Because yeah, there's, there's enough scenes that Bean isn't... Not that he's not in, but that he's not very vocal in. Like, the entire Fruitsy commercial, he's not... That whole segment, he, he's not very vocal yeah. in that at all. So what, of, we, uh, yeah. what we didn't rely on was what I'll describe as non-diegetic laughs. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> us bouncing off each other and making each other laugh. And oh, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and the crash scene, which I f- I felt very ill afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's just thinking of the crash scene. No, that does go on for quite a while. It doesn't <laughs> seem that long when you're watching it. Just like how it doesn't seem like Bean says that many graciouses when you're uh-huh. not drinking to but them. Boy, when, <laughs> when you're waiting for them, <laughs> they're fucking everywhere. <laughs> Did you keep a tally? Um, no, I just look at my notes and they're a fucking state. Like, these are, and my handwriting is pretty messy at the best of times. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. Oh, what? Like, there's one here that just says, um, shark silence. Shark silence? I don't know what that means. So, uh, so Rob, how did you find the movie this week? Um, okay, confession time. Um, I was working all 
full day yesterday. It was a very busy day. It was a very stressful day. It was a very hectic day. Um, so late at night, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch some Beans Holiday. That'll perk me up. Uh, and I put it on the telly, and me and Saoirse, um, you know, uh, we're, we're watching it. And I fell asleep, I'd say every five minutes, for about five minutes, and then would wake up. <laughs> um, so I've definitely, I've, I watched the whole thing in five-minute chunks with lovely little five-minute power snoozes throughout. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's the ideal way to watch it, but I, <laughs> I enjoyed myself because, you know, it's it's lovely watching something... 20,000 times and knowing exactly every line of dialogue that's going to be said. So if you do snooze off and you wake up, you don't feel lost, you know? Mm. Lovely feeling. Um, I I didn't want to rewind it. Uh, not for because of the movie, just because I, I, was, I was tired. Um, so because of falling asleep every five minutes, I only have one note. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, would you guys like to hear it? I'd love to. Okay, you know the maid? Yeah. The the uh St- Stephen's dad's maid? Yeah. That is the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place. Um also and uh, I, I didn't write this down, so I'm not going to count it as a note. But uh, I didn't. I, I from memory, I can't. I can think of the image clearly in my head because I, I think I sleepily said it to Sersha that um, the whole mirage scene when the your man comes on the motorcycle and he's like ages away and it's all like wavy because of the heat. Yeah, there's a ch- there's a chalice on the road. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's a chalice no, we, on the we, road. We took note of it. If we're oh? thinking of the same thing, yeah, maybe there's a big, a big silver chalice that yeah. is doesn't make any sense yeah. size wise to the man. And it <laughs> if also it, if disappears it was big, shot to shot. Yes, and if it was that big, then it should be like right in front of the camera. But <laughs> it's so obviously so far away, so it must be a fucking ginormous <laughs> chalice. I'm refusing to think it's anything else other than a silver chalice. That's very nice. <laughs> I thought you said a super chalice there. That, that it is a bit of a super chalice. <laughs> oh, super chalice. <laughs> so, uh, I should um, point so out. So, what do you guys think of my notes? Uh, your notes are very informative. Uh, I should also point out that me and Jack, I think, came to the conclusion we enjoyed this more than our previous two watches. Yeah, I'm not sure. You both went up in rating, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if that's due to the booze. Or the company, or... the company, or just I don't know what other variable there is. We also watched the American version, which I had not seen before. You own a third of the disc. I so. own a third of the disc, Rob. You also <laughs> own a third of the disc. If you guys could just um, cut my third out and send it to me, so I can watch it <laughs> here. Um, I greatly that be appreciate great that. If we'd have all just watched one third of the disc. <laughs> <laughs> I wish DVD players would like let you do that. That they'd like just read what you put in, and it wouldn't say like "oh error." Well, they do. Um, if you put a slice of ham in a DVD player, you get like it'll a, show you the pig. <laughs> yeah, you, you, get a, you get a neat pig movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it would be cool to cut the disc in three, and then we all watch it, and we all get select scenes and audio. <laughs> That'd be great because that's how discs work, isn't it? It's yeah. just like every yeah. chunk is a scene. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And then randomly you'll just start getting bonus features as well, just lumped in there, <laughs> and random bits of audio with no visual, and vice versa. <laughs> I love that. It's how it was meant to be watched, I feel. I should probably get to my notes, because I don't have very many. Uh, my first note, uh, which came some, uh, I'd say about 15 minutes in, we'd already gotten through a surprising amount of liquor, and... My note is just, this was Jack's, not me, fucking idea. <laughs> uh, I noticed uh, Keith David is on the train. Uh, he's uh, probably most well known as the man that plays Childs in The Thing, my all-time favorite movie. He's, uh, there's a scene where, on on the train where Bean first meets Stephen, he... Uh, He's trying to cheer up Steep and they looks over and then there's just a black man who's just like looking at him uh, very <laughs> disgustedly. Uh, that's Keith David. Uh, I, I'm trying to, to make out some of these notes. Uh, uh, this is a nightmare of near vomiting. Uh, Touchscreen viewfinder. Uh, I, I think the viewfinder on Bean's camera is a touch screen, which the buttons look so small that it would be, like, impossible to use. Uh, <laughs> busker stolen from TV. Uh, I think what that means is the scene of Bean dancing for money is also in an episode of the TV show. Uh, mm. Mm. I, I thought you meant the the like the accordionist or one of the buskers was like stolen from the TV show. <laughs> I was like, oh, that'd be great if they made a, a cameo appearance. I, yeah, there's one note here which I legitimately cannot make out. Uh, so <laughs> my last note is just uh, platter for one man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's your last note? Oh, that's the last note that I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, the seafood platter. Who like who recommends a platter just for- to one person? Because he's a stupid British tourist who will buy anything because he doesn't kind understand of the, the language. We came to. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, this movie, I mean, he's getting charged through the fucking nose. Can you? Make yeah, the that fucking out? everyone's just everyone's. Um, I can just take advantage of him because they know he's stupid and non-verbal. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Rob, uh, Rob, I am just looking at a note trying to... I mean, we, the first word is definitely it's. It's? Then I think that's a lowercase b. Yeah, b-u-r-a-i-c-o? It-b-ratio? Bureco? Buveco? Buveco? Buvico. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, that's my last note. Uh, it's Buvico. I also have. I took the time to write down every single two-digit number, uh, just because I could. <laughs> I wrote down all the possibles. I think that was when I had to go get us new beer because we, <laughs> we ran out grossly. Did under- you pause the movie? Yeah. Of course. Grossly oh, underestimated how how much beer we were going to get through. <laughs> My notes are a fucking mess. Uh, the first one <laughs> just says, uh, what is YGL? Just fucking Google it. I think that's a reference <laughs> to Mr. Bean's uh, reg plate. Wait, should... are you are you telling yourself to fucking Google it? I think so. 
Did you write down what does my GL mean? And then instantly, straight away, I said, just fucking Google it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, why don't I Google YGL on, on air? Oh my god. Uh, YGL. YGL. Young Global Leaders. A non-profit organization. Uh, the, the Young Global Leaders, or Forum of Young Global Leaders... Is an independent non-profit organization managed from Geneva, Switzerland, under the supervision of the Swiss government. Oh, Mr. Bean was a fan. Fine young man, clearly a. Uh, uh, <laughs> my next note is just in uh, quotation marks the word guys, and <laughs> so thank you guys. <laughs> and my. Other one in quotation marks that says and bean. <laughs> I, I, I know what that's in reference to. What is it in reference to? It's, there's a bit where he's he's going through the prizes, the vicar, and when the, the picture of France comes up, he goes, indeed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and you said, watching, I've never noticed him saying indeed before, and I said, no, he's saying and <laughs> oh, God. Um, I have Bean pops up so unusually that's when he he realizes his ticket's the right one. He just that that kind of a uh, uh, wide shot of the full church. He just he really stumbles up in such an unusual way. It caught my attention. Um. In the American version, there there's a scene on the train where Bean spills a coffee on this poor man's laptop, and uh, he fucking calls security on the guy sitting up opposite him with no evidence to suggest that this guy has spilled the coffee at all. <laughs> and he stands up and goes, "Guard!" If that's a commentary on on um, I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> Uh, what's happened to us so the the music is edited differently in the scene where Bean is walking through Paris Uh, they completely cut out that this is in the American version of course which we watched they completely cut out that shot of him stepping on that wobbly tile and the music cuts out altogether and in the bit where he walks into that guy that's just walking along just comes to a standstill there's like a little comedic pause in the in the international version, but in the American version, they just bring in the fucking choir bit of the score that goes. <laughs> and um, that just comes in from the get-go and just plays over the entire thing. Not nearly as funny, I thought. I thought, ah, these bloody yanks need everything spoon-fed to them. You know, they're like, ah, here's your fucking choir. <laughs> Um, uh, he stops behind the the fat man who won't let him buy in the the American release they play a big tuba sound (laughs) (laughs) Um, to add to that there's some weird kind of um, what I'll call minuscule 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 minuscule, um, like explosion explanatory shots of just being doing really small things that like 
It's like, okay, I would have known what was going on, even if you didn't put that in. And even some some overdubbing that's, like, really just, like... Really? Like, I don't, I felt like it, it was kind of spoon-feeding what was going on. It's not a hard film to follow, but it's like... <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, like, in the fucking... Um, you pointed out, as he, as he looks at the, the notice board of all the train times, he literally goes, Ah, oh, con... Ten past three, or whatever the time five is. Past one. Five past one. I was like, okay, yeah, I can fucking read that. Uh, but ah, uh, can five past one? That gives me an hour to get some food. <laughs> yeah, and even like when he goes into the restaurant, there's a little, there's an extra shot of him opening the door of the restaurant. And yeah, because like, how the fuck would he have gotten in the building? <laughs> <laughs> um, and even, like, there's a little extra shot of him setting up his camera on the bread roll. That's just, like, slight... So, does that mean the American version's, like, slightly longer? No, it's actually about these... two minutes shorter. Yeah, somehow it wait, then what do in... they What do they cut out? They cut out the scene of him getting stuck in the vending machine and missing the train. They cut out the oh, bit yeah. of the Grand Arch. They cut out him going through some of the ringtones. Yeah. Uh, a few but little the, things like ringtones is the best part. Ringtones is the best part. You're so right. <laughs> Take a shot every ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as well on the topic of ringtones, there's a few in the first scene where Stephen is calling people from a payphone. Uh, the ringtones are different on the phones, but not in the second scene of Stephen calling people. The ringtones are oh. the same as the international version. It's weird. I can't. I can't remember for the life of me what the fucking ringtones were because, well, I was plastered. Uh, well, we can all remember what Eric Nagar's ringtone is. be fucking minted. <laughs> I really or know. they came up with it and someone else heard it and stole it and then that person's left penniless. Because <laughs> copyright laws don't extend to ringtones. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of uh, extra music as well in the the scene where Stephen's dad gets left behind. Uh, you know when uh, he runs up to the door and he's banging on it he goes, open the door! In the... <laughs> 
and uh, yeah, that's it, what he says. Open the door. Yeah, in the uh, <laughs> international version, <laughs> it goes straight into that kind of marimba-based music, where it's like, but in the American version, there's an extra, just complete. I thought it was completely out of place. Just from a completely different part of the score, just a really kind of dramatic string bit before the marimba kicks in. And it just, it just doesn't fit at all. It's just this really dissonant, like, dramatic string bit that, like, goes, you know, quite fucking dramatic quite quickly and then cuts out. And then it's like, and here's the slow build on the marimba and then fucking... I'd love if in the American version they just like didn't understand that that scene is supposed to be dramatic, so they're like, that's playing, and the subject's like, or they play Crash there. Here you go. We need to make a version of this movie where every song in the score is replaced by Crash. Don't stop chugging. <laughs> he choked the whole movie. Um, I have um, mobile telephone written down because that's the subtitle that comes up when Stephen goes uh, mobile, which I, again telephone. Uh, mobile telephone. I don't think that comes up in the international version at all. I think it's like yeah, okay, he's saying mobile telephone and pointing at a phone number. I don't think that needs to be subtitled. Le Grill? What the, <laughs> the hell, hell is that? that? <laughs> um Shark Silence. Could anyone think what Shark Silence might mean? I mean, if there were sharks in this movie, they were very silent. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me, actually, uh, Butch and I watched uh, a film starring John Barrowman the other night called Shark Attack 3. And the the shark in that that movie is so loud. Uh, Every time they showed a shark (laughs) underwater, uh, the shark's just going... It's his, it's his tummy grumbling. He's hungry. <laughs> uh, and so my favorite, uh, my favorite shark is uh, from. You know, have you guys seen Jaws three? No, Jaws three D. Yeah, you know the you know the scene in the where I think they're like a submarine or something where you just see the shark coming and it literally just looks like a JPEG that they're oh, just increasing boy, the size of. Seen that scene, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then it just freezes in midair. Yeah, and the glass yeah, and then the, fucking... the glass just smashes and the shark just isn't moving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so uh, annoyed. What does shark silence mean? What's your next note so that we know vaguely Did you, when it is? Are you sure? Are you sure it's not like stark silence? As in, like, there's like a def- stark silence. It's definitely a, a, <laughs> yeah, a, that hate that shark. What's what's mm. the next note? Uh, Villar Defoe has great teeth. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it takes place sometime between <laughs> Mobile Telephone and the, the and Will Defoe the having teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's like such a long. That's a pretty long time. Uh, oh god, sorry. I just thought of. Uh, I was trying to think back to like all the scenes that could have happened there, and I got to the crash scene in my head and gagged a little bit. Like, <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, um, my next note after Willer Devoe has great teeth is um. Oh 
Yeah, I can make out the first few words because in the American version we realize there's an there is a shot of Stephen behind the screen of the theater watching playback time and it shows a di- a scene of playback time that I had not seen before. Uh and the reason I'd not seen that is normally in that with that shot of Stephen what is shown playing in playback time is DeBrock is making the drop. Uh, oh, so yeah. my note here is DeBrock is not making the drop <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the word under that it is so so scribbly but I think it says blasphemy uh, <laughs> 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 um, my final note is uh, Butch thinks Atkinson Open brackets, Rowan, close brackets, <laughs> is a In case Nazi. you got it confused with the other. <laughs> no, no, no. You, that's, I never said that. You, you did say it, that's why I took note of it. <laughs> can't prove that. That is my final note. Butch thinks Atkinson Rowan is a Nazi. Uh, Guys, we're never going to get help from Millie again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Millie is an, an actor? That's something I found out last night thanks to oh. Zoe. Uh, was no ga- way. And she lived in Ireland for some time. Thank you, Zoe, for stalking Millie. Uh, oh, my God. That's ca- insane. I came to bed last night and Zoe went, uh, have you ever seen a picture of Millie? And I was like, no. And she's like, she's like 24 years old and she used to live in Ireland and she's an actor. I was like, oh. What the fuck? No way. Yeah. Huh. I, I know about you guys, but I had Millie in my head as like a... An old, stern PR lady. But uh, she's also... Uh, J- James Acaster is uh, on PBJ management as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Which <laughs> is an interesting thing because uh, R- Rowan Atkinson is married to James Acaster's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, and they started uh, getting together, apparently, while her and Acaster were still dating. Yeah, because she was in a Maybe play Maybe she's with in... Maybe she's in PBJ Limited as well. They're all together in it. They'll just steal each other's wives. It's like um, Fleetwood Mac. It's the Fleetwood Mac of the Mr. Bean world. (laughs) I just want to make it very clear that there is no evidence that I said that Rowan Atkinson is a Nazi. Well, there is Except when Jack took note of it and uh, said it on air. Even if I did say that... That's just my opinion. I'm not stating that so for it's a your fact. <laughs> I also have visual proof that he is a Nazi. That's what I meant when I said it. I meant Rowan Atkinson in the film is a Nazi. Are you sure? Because I took that note way after that scene. In fact, that's... It that just, is it's just such a powerful and dark part of our history that it lingered <laughs> in my mind. Our history? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Rowan Atkinson being a Nazi is a pretty dark part of our history. Our collective cultural history. <laughs> uh, I, like to I say- don't affiliate myself with Rowan Atkinson as part of my cultural history at all. <laughs> I don't know what, you're I, I, what are you doing this entire year? <laughs> Making fun of him. <laughs> what are you doing? This is just like long form bullying. Like that's yeah, yeah. how this podcast. We, is. Like we, this oh. whole podcast started off as us just sending tweets to PBJ Limited, calling products and a bunch of names. And we thought, no, this is getting true to, to them. Fair, Let's do a fifty-two episode year-long podcast to make fun of him. To give ourselves format. some credit, we are punching up. We are punching up, and that's fine. And Rowan Atkinson's a Nazi, so it's fine also because fuck Nazis. And fuck Rowan Atkinson. 
Um, you guys <laughs> mentioned before we start recording that there's a lot of racism in this film. There is. Um, can I elaborate? I mean, firstly, there's literal fucking Nazis. Yeah. Uh, secondly... Well, well, people pretending to be Nazis and having a lot of fun doing We that. don't know that. They might be uh, real Nazis. I'm gonna say That's pretending true. to be Nazis is also bad. Yeah. It's... But More even taste. then, Willem Dafoe, yeah, Carson Clay is such a perfectionist, you know. Have you ever seen, have you guys ever seen the film Shadow of the Vampire? No. No. It's a sort of fictional film about the making of the 1922 film Nosferatu. But the the idea, of the, the idea of the film is that the director hires an actual vampire because he wants it to be totally realistic. I mean... Carson Clay is such an auteur, it's entirely possible he deliberately <laughs> seeked out real Nazis. <laughs> but anyway, oh on to God. the other racisms, uh, which, very uh, topical, very... You know, yeah, sadly topical. Unfortunately topical. Uh, so, there's... I pointed out yesterday to Jack that the all of the the foreign languages to bean is essentially like the peanuts uh, cartoon parents that just go wah 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 like it's, <laughs> like it, it, to bean it is just like noise. A, a noise to indicate that someone's talking mm. it is it doesn't necessarily mean anything and like you know him just going like uh, you know gracias is french basically just going ah all foreign languages are just the basically yeah. the same they're just noises i would say it's uh, i think mrs h <laughs> adita it's a really it's like it's a real cornerstone of like i'm going to say like british boomer humor which is just yes. like, it's very it's, casual racism. It's literally just like, oh, those bloody uh, mainland Europeans, they don't fucking speak gibberish. Uh, At least it's, it's yeah, and they all have they all have fucking holiday homes as well, <laughs> like all over Spain and France. Yeah, and like it's British supremacy, which I don't stand for. It's literally like if you're not speaking English, you're not worth my my time. Like, oh, just speak fucking English. Like, you know, it's hey, we like fucking colonized all of you. Why are you not speaking our language yeah, anymore? It, it just feels like residual colonialism. There's a there's one bit which Jack pointed out as possibly the worst example of this, and it's when Stephen and Bean are begging for money, and Stephen goes and begs for money, like, <laughs> and then Bean just goes up and just goes, it's just like to him that's just that's basically the same as yeah. Stephen speaking fluent Russian, and it's actually fucking despicable. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's not like, even it's not even him like poking fun or anything. That's literally what he thinks, and he yeah, literally and thinks that so like. Oh, Oh, well, afterwards. Yeah, it's like you, yeah, he's you, like, but I said exactly what he <laughs> yeah. said. If you unpack the actual, like, mechanics of that joke, it's like, you know, the setup is Stephen is, is pretending to be really sad and is speaking in Russian to this woman and looking for money. And then to follow up on that, he's like, all right, follow my lead, Bean. And Bean just goes up, and the punchline is literally just like, <laughs> he speak foreign. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's so, like, it it does make me cringe. It's always made me cringe a bit, that scene. <laughs> I fucking don't like this movie. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm being, thinking of putting my rating back down. Yeah, like, I'm thinking. Uh, I, I, I took it from a four to a five. I'm thinking of taking it back to a four, maybe even a three. I'm because put, I'm putting it back down. Looking at it, boy. looking at it with fucking like the, through the lens of like fucking colonialism and racism. It's, like, actually a really fucking despicable movie. Not even in that it's, like, really racist or anything like that, but just that it's just kind of infrequently, casually racist. Yeah, which is almost more insidious than outright racism. Like, of course, like... Also, the fact that this is a film for children. Yeah, it's like, you know, like, you know, someone being blatantly racist is obviously terrible, but part of me feels really bad... Like, not, I just, I fucking hate, like, unknowing racists. Like, they, things being racist without realizing that they are being racist is almost more damaging because it perpetuates this idea of, like, oh, you're allowed, you're allowed to say this because it's a joke. It's like, nah, like, fuck it off. Grow up, that, it's it, a joke. Exactly. It's literally like that whole fucking British attitude of, like, Oh, you just don't get British humour, mate. You just you you're, cl- you're clearly not fucking used to banter. It's just banter. It's like, <laughs> nah, like you 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 are being like such a white cunt. Like it's so <laughs> oh, it makes me so angry. Jesus Christ, what has this movie um, done to us? Remember when we were praising this? We gave it five stars once. We've learned. <laughs> We've grown bitter. <laughs> Is B97's there... still good. That film's not very racist. <laughs> I mean, it's Is that got... film racist at all? I don't think so. It's got Brutus in it, and he's like a strong black character who's speaking sense and is... Speaking of that, heroic. is there a single is there a single non-white speaking role in Beans Holiday? No. There's an Asian lady who goes, like, bravo. Way! She goes, way! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I suppose... And I think the woman... On oh, the yeah, first train, the, uh, when he says "gracias" too, I think she's there's um, the, uh, she's not white. Yeah, there's the the security man at Can who uh, says, "No, no, 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 leave her with Grandma." Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. They, not, as long as they have representation in there, yeah, it's not fantastic representation. Is I mean, Willem Dafoe's partner in Playback Time black? Um. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. Brock is making the drop. <laughs> Although he says all his lines like off screen, though. Yeah, in the American version, that line isn't in it, though. So De Brock is not making the drop. So in the American the, uh, version. what you're saying is the American version is more racist. Yes. <laughs> surprise, the American surprise. version is what Rowan Atkinson actually wanted. <laughs> it was re-edited for the international market. <laughs> Uh, just thinking of the ending um, when they're all on the beach singing uh, "La Mer" and it zooms out and there's like loads of people on the beach. Um. I don't think I've ever seen as many white hands in the air. <laughs> looks like a looks like a fucking uh, Calvin Harris concert. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? It looks like a fucking Drake concert. <laughs> no, you know what? It looks like a fucking Brockhampton concert. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I wonder what the intersection is between like uh, Brockhampton fans and Mr. Bean fans. Um, probably, oh, probably large, large intersection. I'd say yeah. it's it's a, if it was a Venn diagram, it would just be a circle. I mean, I know Rob. We we saw Brockhampton long before this podcast was conceived, but we should have been on that. Realistically, we should have we should have been surveying people at the door. 
<laughs> Have you seen Mr. Bean's Holiday? <laughs> in that in that voice. <laughs> oh god. Uh this week was weird. I just This week was weird. I'm just looking at the time and realizing that we just really didn't have a lot to say, huh? No. I mean I just I felt like I was in a in a in a black hole of just depravity this week. Does it annoy you guys that Mr. Bean doesn't change his clothes the whole film? Yes, he must be so smelly. Yeah, yeah like considering in, he dies of heat stroke at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like, in B97, he actually changes his clothes so much that he's ironing new underwear within being in the Langley house for ten minutes. Yeah. You know? Whereas in this film, like, not once does he... How many... Did we... Have we... We've definitely talked about how many days this film takes place over, right? Is yes, it like a lot. three? I think three is the conclusion we came mm. to. Not okay. counting the opening scene, which we've established has to take place the year beforehand. And even Dude. still, and he's still wearing the same pair of clothes a year later. Like, well, that's so weird, right? Ay, ay, ay. I mean, Butch, I don't know about you, but I. I don't remember watching a lot of this movie. I, mean, I sadly remember watching all of it. <laughs> I wish I didn't. I gotta say, like, after the crash scene, my my memory is very, very fuzzy. That scene was... I think we need... Me and you specifically need to talk about our experience there. Uh, because I felt so sick afterwards. I felt so, so sick. So, those... So, we have... The 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 beers we were drinking in that scene, like little little small bottles, little small tiny bottles. Uh, I'd say about one unit of alcohol or so. I think that. Yep, I think that's about it. Uh, but still, after like already like a few drinks, like up, uh, I think I'd had. I before we started watching, I'd had about two cans. Uh, that were about I'd say one point five units each. And then I had another can that I finished within about 10 minutes of the film. And then I moved on to the bottles. Uh, I think I'd gone through another by then. Uh, and was working my way through another one before I switched foolishly to a full bottle specifically for the crash scene. Oh, God. Uh, Jesus. That uh, I then <laughs> chugged throughout the scene... Very like by the time I was a quarter of the way through, I'd realized my mistake, and I'd say you had too. I, I just I forgot that I was I I was drinking before we even started watching the movie. Like I was, uh, at a margarita before dinner. I had a beer with dinner. I had an aperol spritz after dinner. What you have for dinner? Uh, I burritos. had a, a burrito. It was delicious. A delicious yeah. burrito oh, yeah. made, made by the lovely Zoe. Shout out to my sister. Um, so, Aperol Spritz after dinner. Then I had another beer as a an after-after dinner treat. Went inside, had an Irish Black Russian, had half a can of Guinness, and a beer. And then we watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how many I had during the movie, but it was too many. I, I think you had three bottles. I I want to say, and uh, maybe more. That's just how many were left at the end of the 
thing, but you might have thrown some away. I think point. I threw one away, so I probably had four. Jesus Christ. I'm just... Uh, I think there's... Uh, I think it's it's 21 units of alcohol for an average adult male before you do ir- irrecoverable harm to your to your body. I mean, I definitely I-, I definitely had six or seven pretty drinks. Um, oh wait, hold on! I forgot to say I forgot to say something about the movie. What? What? You guys ever notice how fucking long the credits are? They're like seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. we were. That's wait- a lot. I mean, we were waiting for the post credit scene and uh, Butch. Went to the toilet while the credits were rolling, and I was like, God, these really are dragging, and even by the time you got back, it was just like, yeah, Jesus, these are still fucking... Oh my god. Still rolling? Like, I mean, most of the time when I'm watching films, I'm like, you know, um, maybe I'm not enjoying it the most, or, or maybe I have something kind of on after, I'll like, look how long's left, and I'll kind of usually always subtract around five minutes in my mind, but it's always usually less than that. Most I find most credits go on for about two or three minutes. Uh, seven minutes is a long time. Yeah, that is a very yeah, long to time. Get the for entirety credits. of Crash in there. <laughs> the entire seven-minute version of Crash. <laughs> <laughs> the seven-minute post-rock version of Crash. Oh my god! <laughs> I'd say, um, I look. If you guys are ready to go, I'd I'd say we've been talking for the designated time to move on to the mailbag. Yes. It's that mailbag, it's that mailbag, it's that mailbag, yeah. <laughs> so, our first and only question. <laughs> Amazing. Comes from Ryan Taylor's, uh, where uh, they ask, Where will Rowan Atkinson hide when the revolution comes? <laughs> On um. the end of my fork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, On to the Patreons. On the end of my fork. <laughs> that only hit me now. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you guys have any other answers? He could be in a a, a bunker. As people pound on his door going, you fuck, you rich, rich fuck. As, I mean, I'm trying to think of what other famous people resembling Brown Atkinson's <laughs> views have hidden in a bunker. Uh, <laughs> and I am going to, for legal reasons, leave that entirely up to interpretation. You mean Hitler, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> Um, where else could he hide? He could hide up a mountain. He could hide in a foreign country and make fun of how they talk. He could. Um, he has. He has numerous times. <laughs> Mr. Bean's holiday was only set in France because fucking Rodexon was being done for tax evasion. <laughs> he, could, no, he could hide in China, and I, I do have a lot... Uh, Zoe was researching the links between the Chinese government and the Mr. Bean character last night, but I feel like we should leave that for next week's Top 40 yeah. Comedian episode. She found a lot of really, really bizarre shit. A lot of, lot of, lot of links to scams and propaganda and stuff. Totally. Uh, so not only is Rowan Atkinson a fucking Nazi Tory piece of shit, he's also uh, a propaganda Jesus. tool. Sorry. <laughs> so on to the Patreons. 
Mmm. Patreon time. Rob, you ready? Oh, hold on. Ah. Uh, <laughs> shut up. We're doing it properly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even get that. Rats, rats. We are the rats. Celebrate number and one. And another bash. birthday bash. I'm waiting here. Oh, right. You, you didn't say. Our first patron is Adam Redmond. Adam Redmond. Our second patron is Mrs. H. Our third patron is Jack Kavanagh. And our fourth <laughs> patron is Andy Kinsella. If you want to be featured in this section for some reason, go to patreon.com forward slash free bean salad pod. That is the word free, I think. If it isn't, try the number. Uh, donate $5 or more per month. You can donate as little as $1 if you want. We really appreciate every donation. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash free bean salad pod. Pretty sure it's the word free. Not sure. Jack, plug our socials. I want to go home. <laughs> um, uh, so that was Bing, uh, Bing, uh, Axel F. Um, our socials uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter as three bean salad pod. We're the same on Reddit. Uh, we have an email address, which is 3beansaladsociety. That is the word three, not the number three. Uh, what else do we have? That's it. That's it. Holy fuck. Guys, we did it. We made it. Um, Somehow. What a strange episode this has been. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that has listened. I also want to say... Uh, please donate to some of the charities that are helping the Black Lives Matter movement. That's a really important thing that I feel like it'd be weird if we didn't mention. Yeah. Because fuck racism. Um, do everything you can to educate people on why they shouldn't be fucking racists. Basically, fuck show cops. them this movie and go, if you're racist, you're like Mr. Bean. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> listen to black creators. Support black creators. Support black educators. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't don't donate to our Patreon. Spend that money in some. Uh, uh, give it to a, a totally some black fair creators. Point. That is a to- yes, I, I fully. <laughs> we are promoting it. a racist man. Give your money to. <laughs> give your money oh, to I'm actual not black creators. No, no. Go watch. Bean I mean, we're drawing attention to him. Bean ninety seven, which I would argue is a very anti-racist movie. Go watch that instead. I mean, you've got Allison, True. who is like she. Like instantly, just kind of has this hatred for Bean for like no real reason, which is 
like potentially kind of racist. But then at the end, once she gets... Well, no, I don't see it that way. She just fucking hates British colonialism, and that's what yeah, this is. She but, sees through his tricks. But the point yeah. is, when she finally gets to know him, she realizes, hey, I actually quite like this man. And Hey, this know, man stole my eggs and re-gifted them back to me. Yeah, and then she's friends with him. When <laughs> <laughs> then Bean flips her off at the end. It was all for nothing. <laughs> she, was, she was bamboozled. <laughs> and racism. Uh... Well, if you guys are ready to go, fuck, <laughs> fuck cops. That's that's uh, yeah, fuck cops. <laughs> Farewell. Farewell. <laughs> These patrons are getting a bang for their butt. How's it going?